0: So we chose to depopulate the island, uh, remove all the bighorns that were there um, so that we could start over again.
1: The bad thing about podcasts is no one can see the huge smile that I have on my face right now just because I, I, I still consider myself a Utah and this is just, this excites me. This is freaking awesome.
0: The bison are, are so fun to see. And- And the deer are, you know, world-class, just enormous deer that you can see from the road. It's it's a cool area to go.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Taren Hunt. On this episode, I visit with Jace Taylor of the Utah DWR. Jace is the wildlife biologist that handles all the bighorn sheep in Utah. And recently, Jace was part of a bighorn sheep transplant that Kuyu did, moving some sheep from Montana to Utah's Antelope Island. We talk about the purpose behind the transplant, how the transplant went, and what the plan is for those sheep. Uh, I want to tell Jace thank you for his time in recording this podcast. It was a great podcast. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I also want to say thank you to Vortex Optics. Vortex sponsors everything that we do here at eHunter. We're very grateful for them. Don't forget to go check them out at vortexoptics.com. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Please hit that subscribe button. Uh, Please like our episodes, share them, and leave us some comments. Uh, We'd love to see some positive comments on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you guys listen to, to podcasts. So thank you guys for everything, and we'll jump right into the interview with Jace Taylor. All right, welcome back to the E Hunter newscast. I am joined by a, an awesome guest, another guest from Utah. Um, I'm joined today by Jace Taylor. Jace, welcome to the call.
0: Yeah, thanks, Darren. Happy to be here.
1: Well, we're happy to have you. Um, super. I've been super excited to do this podcast ever since we released that article on, on the bighorn release on Antelope Island, and um, you know, us as hunters. We love bighorn sheep, I think for the most part, anybody that does big game hunting, bighorn sheep is like at the top of our wish list and bucket list, and so been super excited to to get this podcast going and and talk about this release. but before we jump into that, Jace, would you mind uh introducing yourselves, telling us a little bit or yourself uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, um where you're at, what you do, and those kind of things?
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, Jace Taylor. I work for the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. Um, I'm out of the Salt Lake office. And my job is uh, bighorn sheep and mountain goat coordination. So anything to do with any of our bighorn herds or any of our mountain goat herds uh, that our district biologists are managing. Um, so any questions that they might have or coordinating efforts between them or coordinating efforts between uh, federal agencies or other state agencies, that's, uh, that's my responsibility.
1: Nice, nice. Well, again, thank you so much for being on on this podcast with me. Um, one thing that we've really tried to do on, with this podcast is really talk to the professionals who are very involved in, in some of these things and have that background to, to have a knowledge base to kind of give us some of the details. And so, so what we're going to talk about today is, like I mentioned, that article that we had released. Um, oh gosh, I can't even remember when it was. It's been a few weeks ago now. About um, the Bighorn release. Yeah, there on Antelope Island in Utah. Uh, before we get to the details of that release, so what's the what's the history with the bighorns there on Antelope Island? I I read in the article and that uh, our writers put in there that the the island has had um, herds of antel- or herds of bighorns on the island. Can you tell us a little bit about the history there with those those species?
0: Yeah, so I guess first of all, Antelope Island. For those aren't uh, familiar with with where it is, it's the great salt lake uh, right in northern northern utah has a handful of different islands on it um the biggest of the islands is this one we're talking about antelope island it's about uh 30,000 acres um kind of down in the southeast portion of the lake so closer to like the towns of syracuse or bountiful or north salt lake um a really cool area um Antelope Island is home to lots of different wildlife species. It's a state park. People will come to visit it to see uh, the bison are one of the most, uh, you know, popular animals, for people to come see pronghorn, um, as it gets a namesake from, uh, big mule deer, um, and then also, you know, bighorn sheep are another one of the species out there. So when we talk about the history of bighorns on Antelope Island, There are skeletal remains that show that bighorns were there, um, you know, uh, at the time of, you know, settlement, um, European and and, uh, Mormon settlers that came, and then for a time there were not bighorn sheep, Um, and then the first reintroductions of bighorn sheep were done by Utah Division of Wildlife in 1997, and there was a herd that was doing really well on Antelope Island, um, started with with uh, only a handful of animals, 29 animals, but that herd grew and grew and was big enough that antelope island wasn't able to um, maintain the population by itself, and so we've, we were moving bighorns off of antelope island to start other herds around the state, herds like Newfoundland Mountains, Stansbury Mountains, um, Oak Creek Mountains, and so all of those herds, um, you know, really are based off of the animals that we were able to produce on antelope island um but unfortunately antelope island um, did contract uh, pathogens that cause pneumonia Um, i guess it would have been about just over a year ago a year and a few months Uh, november of 2018 we started seeing animals dying from pneumonia uh, found out that they did contract pathogens that that were causing it and so we chose to depopulate the island uh, remove all the bighorns that were there um, so that we could start over again. And so that's kind of brings us to where we're at now with the recent release of bighorn sheep.
1: Gotcha. Wow. That's amazing to, that they've been there that long and have been such a big part of Antelope Island. And I appreciate you talking a little bit about Antelope Island. And I would say for those that don't know what it is or have seen pictures of it, um, you need to check it out because, there's some amazing animals on that island it Um, is
0: it's (laughs) a cool place yeah or even just like sunsets i mean it's you know it you got the from from antelope island you look out across the great salt lake going to the west and the sunsets there are just incredible sunrises for that matter or even just the views of the wasatch front um it's a beautiful place the bison are are so fun to see and and the deer are you know world-class just enormous deer that you can see from the road it's it's a cool area
1: to go. Yeah, I've got a really good friend, uh, Justin Segmiller. Actually, it was his brother Jason yeah. Segmiller, goes out there um, and takes a lot of pictures. And, man, some of the pictures that he's, he puts on social media and uh, sends us, it's, it's unreal, the size of some of those deer. And like you said, a lot of people will come there for the bison and and the Bighorn as yeah. well. And I guess, like you said, the Pronghorn is the, where it got its name. And, and by the way, for those that are listening, this is an accessible island. It's something that you can drive to. It's not something that's out there. You can actually drive to it and and be out there on the island. And, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's an interesting place. I grew up in southern Utah, um, so only had the uh-huh. opportunity to go up there a few times in my life. But the few times that I did, I mean, I was just – just blown away because it wasn't hard. I mean, pretty much everywhere you went, you, yeah. like you said you either saw bison or big deer.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, 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 awesome. I mean, the animals are really habituated to people. I mean, uh, you, there's lots of coyotes on Antelope Island. And if, you know, for people that like to see coyotes up close, it's, it's cool for that. You know, I think, um, they're anything, it's, it's just the birding, uh, people that are into seeing birds that aren't necessarily common in other parts of Utah. It's a great place for that. It's, it's a really neat, unique place, um, really a cool place to go. And like you said, you can drive there on a paved causeway road. You know, all you have to do is pay, uh, you know, the, the state park entrance fee. It's, it's, in my opinion, well, well worth it. Yeah. Great hikes, a cool, cool place.
1: Yeah, anybody that, if you ever visit northern Utah, um, I would make that trip. Just go out there and see it. it it's fantastic. Um, the guys that go out there all the time are probably going to yell at me for saying that and it's true, <laughs> sending more people out there. But uh, <laughs> We're it talking is. Talking
0: up the coyotes on Animal Island, people are like that. No, right? they're not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I know Jason doesn't like those those coyotes out there oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. a cool place. It is. It, it's a really cool place. So, so you talked about how those previous herds have been used to to help grow other herds in the state, yeah. Um, so where, where did you say that some of those herds are at?
0: Yeah. So from that 1997, uh, reintroduction, um, over like the 20 years that we had them there or 20 couple, you know, uh, plus years, we moved about 250 bighorn off of Antelope Island, which is, you know, alone is incredible. Wow. Um, the places they went to are the Newfoundland mountains. So kind of Northwestern Utah, Um, the Stansbury Mountains just going west of uh, Salt Lake City and then down a little further south uh, south central in the Oak Creek Mountains um, north of Beaver south of like Salina so or I guess just west of Salina so yeah and those herds are all are all doing well right now Um, there's over 600 bighorn sheep um, you know combined in those three herds so You think about the small number of animals we started out with on Antelope Island. To now, even though we've lost Antelope Island, we still have 600 sheep in the state, primarily because of Antelope Island. So, a huge, hugely successful, um, you know, just absolutely vital resource to the Bighorn Sheep program in Utah. um, Antelope Island. Now, you know, kind of when we talk about the sheep that got sick out there recently. you know, we had to be faced with a few options. A lot of those animals were dying and dying quickly, and it wasn't pretty. And so, you know, we had to debate whether we leave the sheep out there um, and just let them, you know, work through the disease event and, you know, see who lives. Um, and there were some, you know, there were some good arguments for doing that. Um, but if we, let that, if we let that play out, some of those pathogens that we've, uh, and this is from our experience in other herds in Utah that have picked up the same pathogens, that we have let them just... Live with it and play out. Those pathogens often never are eliminated from the herd. Um, they'll kind of persist in individuals who are able to carry them um, and live with them. And so, if we let that happen, no matter how big the Antelope Island Bighorn herd got in the future, it would probably still have those pathogens, and that would preclude us from being able to use those animals, that herd, as a source for translocations in the future. And so, we you know, we debated doing that, but it just made much more sense to to try to start over clean with new animals so that in the future, we'll still be able to provide another, you know, 250, you know, 400 animals, whatever it ends up being, so that we can have more healthy bighorn sheep in Utah.
1: Well, that's music to our ears as hunters. Um, like I said, as hunters, is yeah. something that we want to do. I think most of us have that on our bucket, our bucket list is to, to hunt yeah. bighorns. And so... I think you guys made the right move. I really, truly do. And there's people that I've talked to about this already. Um, it sounds like, not that your guys were, your hands were tied, but kind of. Because like you said, it was going to persist. It was always going to be in that herd. And so yeah. you kind of had to do what you had to do to, to eliminate that disease. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, we have dozens. We have dozens. of Yeah, I was, was going to say, well, this is probably a good point um, mm-hmm. to throw out a couple other things that hopefully your listeners would be interested in. Because, you know, we have... So it's one of the couple of things that we were criticized probably the most on um, that maybe this would be a good time to talk about. And one was, why don't you leave the sheep there and let those who are able to survive with it, you know, um, do so. And then you'll end up with a stronger, you know, a stronger herd for the future. But we've done that. We, we have dozens of other herds in the state that are doing that right now. Um, and the fact of the matter is they just don't ever seem to completely get rid of those pathogens. And so that was the first thing. The second thing, and this was, a, this was another hard decision for us too, was originally uh, when we decided that we were going to need to depopulate, we wanted to try to use hunters to do that. Um, and, you know, to give people the opportunity who have been you know applying for the opportunity to hunt bighorn sheep um, for years and years and years. And here we had a, a situation where we were going to be euthanizing or killing a lot of them. And so we wanted to pursue that at the beginning, but, there was a few reasons why we decided to not take that route. One of those was that it was it was pretty ugly out there on the island. I mean, we had truly sick animals that were suffering that were dying um and we just it, it wasn't the way that we like to hunt. You know, the healthy surplus that we have is usually how we base our hunting. And so it it wouldn't have been the optics of it might not have been what people really were interested in. Um and then the second thing was the timing of it. We needed to be able to depopulate quickly so that we could take advantage of um, a source herd that we knew about um, and in order to depopulate and have enough time to get ready for that and uh, make sure that the island was effectively depopulated, we needed to move quickly. And so that's why we chose to do it with, um, with professional wildlife services. So,
1: so when those animals were sick with that disease, it was visible? You could, like if you went out to the island, you could see oh, it and you could oh. tell?
0: Yeah, it was bad. We So we had, people have probably seen, you know, the GPS collars that we put on, on deer and, and elk bison and bighorn everything around the state. And so one of the purposes of those is for movements and migration, but another one is to monitor health and, and uh, survival. So we had collars out there and in November 2018. We started having some of those collars. Some of those animals were dying. And, we, you know, we had a couple died. And I was like, oh, this is kind of strange. And Antelope Island is hard sometimes to get out there to – um, quick enough to a dead animal to tell what killed it because there are so many coyotes that we mentioned earlier yeah. that it's, it's carcasses carcasses get eaten up pretty quick. So we made a point the, you know, when I think it must've been about the third animal that died in a month um, to get out there as, as quickly as possible. And, and we did, our biologists got out there and realized that, you know, the animal was not that it looked like it had died from disease and we were able to get the samples from it. Um, and then when, as we, at that point, we started watching the animals more closely, and it was it was visible. There were animals that were in bad shape. I mean, very emaciated. Um, they had a hard time. Uh, the ones that were, you know, further along had a hard time walking. And I mean, there are animals that couldn't stand. I mean, they were they were dying daily, um, and so it was it was it was sad to see. Um, so it was hard. It was a hard. It was a hard situation.
1: Yeah, that is. But again, I feel like you guys. You... Again, not that your hands were tied, but I feel like you guys made the right decision because no one wants to see that. And then again, you really can't, as biologists, you really can't do much with that cause you're not going to take that to other herds or really grow that herd. So, so yeah, I think you guys made the, the right decision. And, and, you know, the future's bright as of now for the island and, is. and the changes you guys have made. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk we're a little excited. bit about this transplant um, that you guys did recently. Can you tell us a little bit about, about the background of this particular transplant? Um, maybe who all was involved and kind of how the process went with it?
0: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, kind of coming full circle, we, because we were able to do this quickly um, with wildlife services, there's a lot of partners that we have. Um, you know, with, between Sportsman Proficient Wildlife and Utah Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, even the Wool Growers Association, uh, Utah Department of Ag, um, you know, so many wildlife services and some laboratories and just so many folks that went into getting Antelope Island ready as quickly as possible for more bighorn sheep. Um, and we really were appreciative of them. And the biggest of all is definitely, you know, state parks, Utah State Parks and Antelope Island State Park. I mean, it sometimes we kind of take for granted that, that uh, you know that oh yeah, no wildlife should be there and everyone should you know make that happen. but I mean they it's their land. Um, they've put a lot of effort and we're really accommodating the, the depopulating, which isn't always an easy thing to do you know on a state park where people are coming to watch animals. Um, I mean there was uh, a fence, a wildlife fence that was built on the south end of Antelope Island to try to prevent um, any pathogen exchange. Um, that direction that state parks funded um and built um you know or contracted out to be built um, which was a a huge undertaking a huge expense so i mean big big thanks to to antelope island state park and, and utah state parks in general for making this possible and then all the other partners that went into to making this happen so quickly um and so then you know we needed um we needed bighorn sheep we needed some more animals to bring out there and and we had um, a source in mind going into this, even for a year or more before the Antelope Island disease event, we'd been working with uh, Brendan Burns and Kuyu. Um, to, Brendan uh, is the, I think that Brendan's title is the uh, chief hunting officer, and he's also the conservation director. And so in his capacity as the conservation director, he'd been working with a tribe in Montana, Rocky Boys Reservation um up there in, in north-central Montana, to try to manage their bighorn sheep herd, which has been growing larger than they wanted it to be. And so they'd been looking for a good destination for the animals. And so we'd been in Utah trying for at least a year to try to find a suitable destination. We, we didn't have one at the time um, until Antelope Island had their disease event, and we realized this could be a great opportunity for both of us to have um, animals you know, re- reducing from their herd and coming and restarting Antelope Island. So we're able to move quickly and, and gratefully we're um, able to get those animals here. That's
1: so awesome. And I I saw on social media and actually we shared the post um, of when the, the bighorns were released onto the island and all the people lined up there, you could see that it – it was a big crew that, that made this happen. I know Kuyu was a huge part in it, and Brendan was a huge part in in doing this, but it was so cool to see everybody, you know, there to help support this.
0: Yeah, a lot of partners. And for the translocation itself, so then, you know, Brendan and Kuyu had been looking for this uh, destination, and once we had Antelope Island ready, there was also a destination um, in North Dakota that was ready. And so... They was really impressed, really, with with Brendan and with Kuyu for all the work, not just the money, but the time that they put into this to orchestrate, organize all logistics on that end of the translocation, so in Montana with Rocky Boy Reservation, Um, and then also the funding of it. They paid for all of the capture um, that happened up there. Um, There was a a pre-test, a health health screening, essentially, that the animals passed um, that took some capturing. And then we received 25 animals and I want to say North Dakota got 30. And so, I mean, to capture all those animals is a, is a, is a serious cost. And then because the animals were on a, you know, sovereign nation, the um, tribal land of Rocky boy reservation, they owned the animals. And so there was a cost to have those animals, you know, the ownership transferred, which was a significant cost as well. And so all of that, you know, was, was coordinated, orchestrated, paid for by QU and their customers. And so, um, really grateful for all of the effort that went into that from them and we're just really impressed with them and, and their effort and, and their time and their money that they spent on this translocation.
1: That, that truly is amazing. Um, and I'm going to put a little plug out there for KU because just as, as a hunter, a conservationist myself, just to see what they're doing, with with conservation and doing projects like this like you said that's that's not a cheap thing to do i i don't know what that dollar amount is i probably don't want to know what that dollar amount is but i, I do want to kind of take this opportunity to thank qu for for funding that and, and making this whole thing possible and i actually wasn't even aware that they did it for north dakota as well i mean i thought the yeah. utah antelope island that one was big enough but to do two of them in two different places i mean that is really cool and shout out to qu for and brandon for for making that possible, um, man, what a what a cool thing yeah. for a company like that to do.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, we have we have partners that um, you know other state agencies or you know conservation groups here in Utah. You know, SFW and Utah Wild Sheep Foundation, Mule Foundation, Foundation. Um, you know, those are some of the bigger ones that I work with. I mean. You know, we also have SCI and Utah Archery Association and, you know, uh, National uh, Wild Turkey Federation. All those are folks that I work closely with on a lot of projects. You know, they and they deserve a lot of credit, too, for a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a private company who, you know, doesn't – they're not getting income from conservation um, permits or, or anything like that. To have them spend their money that they're getting in other means um, – you know, I think was really impressive. And I I hope that, you know, it's an example to other folks that are uh, looking for ways to contribute and, uh, you know, not just the money, but the time too. It's like you mentioned, it's a serious undertaking to work between a number of different entities, you know, the Utah division of wildlife and North Dakota, you know, fishing game and then a reservation that's, you know, their own entity. And um, to be able to orchestrate all of the logistics of that is, 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 a lot, a lot more than most people would realize, um, and so really impressed. And, and like I say, I hope that it's something that you know can be a good example to other folks and and going
1: forward. I hope that's one thing that we actually accomplish with this podcast is getting us out to all these different entities, agencies, is that people do look for those opportunities to to give their, like you said, not just their the funding, but the, the time and any really effort that that anybody can provide to help. Um, projects like this uh, encourage everybody to do that if they can. When it came to um, the project of moving the the bighorns from Montana to Utah, I guess, and to, to North Dakota, but but mainly moving it to Utah and Antelope Island, was that decision strictly your guys's decision on where you wanted those bighorns to be, or did any other agency have a a plan or or a, a say in where the animals were going to go?
0: No, that's, uh, that's ours. Um, and you know, the conservation groups we work with we work closely with Utah wild sheep foundation. They obviously, um, were huge in this process too. And, and their contributions and, you know, and their passion, their interest. Um, so we worked closely with, with a number of those groups and making them aware of what we wanted to do. It, it's, uh, the animals are, you know, there's no strings attached, you know, as far as Cuyo goes or anybody else, um, or those other uh, those other groups, they they are here now, and they're the you know jurisdiction of the Utah Division of Wildlife, and we're going to manage them in trust for you know Utahns, so that you know Utahns can can appreciate them and enjoy them. And so, nice. um, I think that I think that those other groups were happy to hear that we had a good place to take them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that's you know icing on top for them. But no, it's it's uh you know those those animals are belong to Utah's and and as the state wildlife agency and responsible or trusted with managing the the animals that's where we chose to put them
1: that's awesome In the video looked like pretty much every bighorn that was released had a collar on them how how are they doing since the release? Is are they all doing well there right now
0: yeah doing great they're uh they're all alive and well up on the mountain they uh um are in habitat that i think is great stuff i mean uh couldn't be doing better they're all behaving themselves <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome the bad thing about podcasts is no one can see the huge smile that i have on my face right now just because I, <laughs> I, sure. I i still consider myself a utah and this is just this excites me this is freaking awesome so <laughs> it is. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah you think about having uh those animals there and hopefully it means that we'll be able to start more populations or augment the populations that we already have it's it's a big deal you're absolutely
1: is. right it is and you know and, and people realize that when we published that article we put it on facebook um the the comments and the feedback and the you know everything that we got back on that it, it is a big deal and, and i think most hunters realize the how big a deal this is both in-state hunters as well as out-of-state hunters people that just have that passion for hunting and and conservation and just wildlife in general they they see this as a big win all across the board which is ah, is so cool with the this new introduction of well the introduction of this new herd, is there and actually you are you made a comment already of what the DWR has done so far and I guess it actually wasn't even the DWR it was the state parks that actually built that fence on the southern end. But my my first question is is there any fear of that respiratory disease impacting this new herd now that and now that that's the old herd is gone and is the DWR or the states and Parks doing anything else to help make sure that respiratory disease doesn't affect this new herd?
0: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, first question, yeah, there's always concern. Yeah, <laughs> all bighorn true. herds, all bighorn herds are always you know at risk and susceptible. It's just it's nobody's fault, but bighorn sheep just did not evolve with um, resistance or immunities to certain pathogens that are now here, um, you know, with with the uh, European settlement, and so. They just, it's always a concern. There's no immunity that we know of, uh, you know, like a a superior immune uh, gene pool of animals or there aren't great treatments um, that are realistic for, you know, uh, herds. And so, yeah, there's always concern. And so there's concern with all of our herds in the state. And so, yeah, there's measures going. um, It's something that people don't realize is is the amount of effort that it takes to mitigate or reduce the risk of uh, pathogen transmission to bighorn sheep is is, is ongoing and constant in all of our herds. Our biologists spend um, lots and uh, a lot of time trying to um, prevent pathogen transmission um, and keep bighorns healthy. So yeah, so things that are happening on specifically to Antelope Island, uh, you talked about the fence being built on the, on the south end. hopefully that keeps bighorns from leaving and coming back or you know other animals you know from going and, and bringing pathogens there um we have always tried to manage for a small population on antelope island uh we did you know regular translocations um and the the goal being that having the small herd hopefully means that there's always plenty of habitat and they have no incentive to start wandering off of the island um and then also we hope that managing for a lower uh ram to you ratio or a few, uh, so that there are if we let there be too many rams we think that that is incentive for those rams that cannot get breeding opportunities for them, more incentive for them to start leaving and wandering. And so we'll try to manage it for fewer rams, uh, maybe a younger age structure of rams, which, which we were trying to do beforehand as well. We, um, the, the translocation that took place uh, closest to, you know, prior to the disease event was when we were trying, we thought we had uh, perhaps too many rams, and so we moved quite a few rams off, uh, more rams than ewes. Um, you know, less than a year before the disease event. Um, and so, yeah, we've always tried to do that, and we'll, we'll continue to try to do that in the future um, so that there's not incentive for those animals to start wandering.
1: Yeah, keep them there. Don't give them any reason to to leave. I think that's priority number one. And I think with disease, uh, I'm going to speak for you guys as as biologists, but I think disease is something that keeps you guys up at night. I think that's something that any biologist is going to worry about. I talked to one of the biologists here in Colorado, um, his name's J. T. Romatsky, talking about the wolves coming into Colorado and asked him if he worried about disease coming. He's like, Well, yeah, I mean we, we're biologists, we worry about diseases. So I think that's something yep. that's just that kind of comes along with the your area of expertise. You guys kinda of just have to to worry about that. Do you guys have like a specific age class that you move out? You kind of talked a little bit about that, but is it when a ram or a you gets to a certain age, is that when you'd move them off the island or does that really impact when you're taking them off?
0: Uh, it's not as much that. We we, we do feel like having um, a lot of old rams will make it so that there are not breeding opportunities for their young rams. And that's oftentimes who you end up seeing making these wandering events is during breeding season, you'll get young rams who just don't have a chance to breed and so they'll start to wander and so yeah we would try to we try to keep the number of old rams down um, but as far as translocations go, you know I mean those are expensive and they're and sometimes they're hard to tell for the the capture crew they're oftentimes catching them with a helicopter um, and so they don't they don't have the you know luxury of being able to get that precise. In which animals they remove, but gotcha. through either hunting or translocations, we can we can watch the herd, monitor the herd, and manage for that the appropriate number of animals.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Uh, and there what... is hunting, I should say, on Antelope Island too. I, that's another thing that's important: is that oh. we can hunt Antelope Island um, with a very limited number of permits, and hopefully, going forward, we'll have a, maybe a little more flexibility with that, so that we can address. If we ever have times where there's too many rams and and we're not able to remove them, you know, uh, with the helicopter, maybe we could do that with hunting. So that's hopefully another goal for the future.
1: Oh, nice! What does it take to get a tag on Antelope Island to do that? Uh, luck, a lot of luck.
0: <laughs> uh, <we> hox- <laughs> there's always been an auction permit, and then uh, then there's always been a, a draw permit too. So you just got to apply. Maybe I'll throw a plug in right now. The big game applications are open right now. In Utah, go on and apply. Go to our website, and then uh, if you want to hunt Antelope Island, you won't be able to this year because we got we've had to cancel the hunt for mm-hmm. the next few years. But yeah, I mean it's been uh, some lucky lucky folks, luckier than me. Nice. But,
1: yeah. Well, that's a good plug. That's a, actually a really good plug right now to put that out there. That that's that opens. It closes March fourth. Is that right? Is that when the uh, fourth or fifth? Fourth or fifth? I think. Okay. Yeah, I've already put in. That's You know, that's a great thing about being a non-resident for right now is that I can put in for everything. I think I've said that on a few of these podcasts, and I probably ought to keep my mouth shut so that not everybody's putting in. No, but yeah. <laughs> But that is yeah. one benefit of being a non-resident and being able to put in for, for multiple species or multiple limited-entry species. So. Absolutely. So, so what's your long-term plan for this herd? I mean, kind of the same thing. You're going to try to transplant them elsewhere within the state, and do uh, you have certain herds that you're going to try and build with these specific uh sheep that you brought in
0: yeah so the goal is to have 125 uh bighorns on antelope island so as we exceed that we'll hopefully be able to do translocations off of there um yeah we have a handful of different places that we're hoping to um that still need still need work but hopefully we can develop to the point that they'll be able to you know sustain healthy bighorn sheep and so hopefully we'll have those ready in the near future and we can translocate and reintroduce animals there and then also augmentations to our current herds, um, it, it all depends on, you know, their current status and performance um, health-wise mostly, but if there's other herds that seem to be suitable destinations to, for augmentation, then, then hopefully we'll be able to take some of these antelope island bighorns and, and put them there as well. It all just depends, you know, it's always a moving, um, you know, ever-changing situation, so... We'll see
1: what we can do. Well, I've learned something about wildlife biology and that it's it's an art. It's something that you've got to orchestrate and and like you said, ever evolve, ever change, and uh, that's wonderful. And again, I wish people could see my face. This is a podcast, so you can't see my face, but this, yeah. the smile that's on my face is just it's huge. <laughs> do you have any? Absolutely. Do you have any other um, transplant? Um, Projects coming up in the near future or is there plans to bring more um, transplanted into antelope island or anything else any other projects coming up in the near future? Yeah
0: Yeah, this was a real busy winter for us we moved um, we moved quite a few sheep so we actually brought some sheep from Oregon that came in down to the Stansbury Mountains that I mentioned earlier we had sheep that came from Nevada that started a new herd down in southern Utah down by Beaver in the Mineral Mountains Um, and then we also had um, this translocation from Montana to Antelope Island to get that started. Um, we've had translocations, you know, the year before from Washington down into into Utah. We hope to this next year. We're hopefully um, we're about done this year. The the timing of it all, as far as when sheep are going to be having lambs, we we're probably at the end of our timetable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean next next year uh, next winter, um, we'll hopefully be bringing uh, more antelope, uh, more bighorn sheep to Antelope Island augment the herd we have there and then a handful of other ones that we're hoping you know whether it's um some of our other state agencies that want to work with us other tribes or or other folks we uh we're very much very much excited for a handful of, of places and we hope that we'll be bringing more bitcoin sheep into the state next year or also around the state so we're we're trying to stay we're trying to stay busy I'm yeah sure.
1: yeah you guys are busy i love it do you guys let uh Normal folks like myself, uh, volunteers, come and help out with some of these projects.
0: Sure, yeah, normal folks, yeah, <laughs> We're all normal folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you betcha. Um, so, in addition to the translocations, we had another uh, about sixty, maybe it was about fifty animals that we've caught in in the state of Utah just to catch um, and not being translocated, but we p- catch them and then we put collars on them to you know monitor uh, health and survival, like we talked about. The thing that helped us find the issue on antelope island in the first place people are invited to those um and then like like you saw for the antelope island release you know people are invited to come to those releases um if you wanted to travel to another state and help with one of those captures um you know people could uh definitely get a hold of us and and you know we need the help oftentimes so people are invited to come to those too um i think the best way to do that is just to just uh stay in touch with, uh, you know, your local biologist or, you know, me at Salt Lake office. Um, and then also I think it's a gr- another great way to do it is to be involved with conservation organizations. Um, those That whole list that I mentioned earlier, you know, Utah Archery Association or Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife. Um, the most pertinent one for Bighorn Sheep is the Utah Wild Sheep Foundation. Um, they're aware of all the work that we're doing all the time, um, you know, and, you know, some of those others that we talked about, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or Mule Deer Foundation or, you know, uh, MWTF. I mean, all all those folks, you know, be involved. It'll help you to know more about what's going on, and you'll get opportunities to do fun things.
1: Well, I'm going to continue with that plug, and I I encourage anybody and everybody to do that. Um, Get in touch with these people. There's always things that that you can do, and I I believe I'm going to take advantage of this. You might be getting more phone calls and text messages from me over the next year or so, because I'd I'd love to come with you. I already told Mike that I'm going to come and do some captures with him because... We just want to be involved as hunters. I always say this: we we don't sit on our hands very well. We always want to be involved. We always want to be a part of it and doing something. And so, um, I'll probably be reaching out to you guys for sure to to do some projects with you and just help just volunteer uh, some of my time to help out where I can. And I want to put that plug out to everybody listening to to get out there help these guys out. Um, I think most of them are pretty open to having you hop in the truck with them and, and go help out. So so please reach out and, and stay stay connected um, and stay in touch with them. So, Well, Jace, I appreciate you jumping on the call with me today. Is there anything that we missed? Any other really big uh, parts of this transplant that we didn't touch on? No, I
0: don't think so. I think, you know it was just a great thing for so many partners. We're really grateful for all the partners, um, especially grateful to KU and their contributions. Um, you know, and so we're just excited for it for the future. And we hope that having this herd on Antelope Island will be something that can benefit Utah's, you know, not just in this that part of the state, but all over the state. And we'll have more healthy bighorn sheep uh, for everybody to enjoy, um, to use. And so we're excited for it.
1: Nice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time. Next time I'm, I'm in Salt Lake, hopefully I can stop by the office and, and shake your hand and, and get to know you. Hopefully we're able yeah. to stay in contact over the next little bit. And as things change and progress, and if there's more transplant opportunities or projects that take place, hopefully we can jump on a call and, and record another podcast. But I really appreciate your time with me today, and uh, I'll let you back to you to your duties.
0: No problem, Darren. Okay, thanks.
1: thanks, Jace. Talk to you later, man. Alright guys, thanks again for listening and thanks again to Vortex Optics and Onyx Maps for sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Thanks guys.